following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Mondays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up. And this week, you can get in on the Pistons and the NBA action. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And new customers who use code HUGE when they sign up can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for just betting 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Mondays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by DraftKings. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on a fast-moving Moneyline Monday. A lot to talk about with the Lions moving to 9-3. and three. Found a way to hold on and get a W on the road, which you'll take any day of the week in the NFL. And the buzz on Michigan football is nationwide. Overall number one seed in the college football playoff. Yes, they drew a tough team in Alabama, but it's not the same old Saban-type Bama team. Their best weapon is their running quarterback, Milrose. Defense still has some NFL-like athletes. That game will be at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on grass. January 1st, New Year's Day at 5 o'clock. So that's pretty good. You can have a great New Year's Eve. And 5 o'clock will be Michigan-Alabama, followed by Texas and Washington in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. So taking your thoughts on the Wolverines, who are one-and-a-half-point favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook at Big Board. Over-under on total points scored sits at 46 right now. Half a point, it's bumped up with money going on Michigan. Texas, four-and-a-half-point early favorite on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Big Board, over Washington. That over-under, I think, at a low number at 64-and-a-half. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com. He was down in Indy. We'll talk about Michigan's win over the Hawkeyes. It was ugly. Looked like they knew they were going to win from the start. But the one negative in these three Big Ten championship years which all have resulted in three straight trips to the college football playoff in the one seed this year. Is Harbaugh's offense creative enough to be a national champion? We've seen flashes. I thought what Sharon Moore and the staff did was great against Ohio State. At Ohio State in 2022 was the best called game, game plan, execution, whatever you want to call it. J.J. has it in, and why they're throwing all those 40-yard out passes instead of taking shots down the field or even throwing to the end zone. And there were some drops, let's be honest. That was an emotional letdown game after what beating Ohio State, considering the -the off-the-field drama, what that meant to that team doing it without Harbaugh. So take your thoughts. 
on Michigan winning the Big Ten, facing Alabama in one semifinal. And the Florida State talk is out there, but I put that to bed right away. When you look at their schedule, they have a quality win over a 9-3 and three team in LSU. That's it. Clemson was 8-4, and four, and Clemson missed a field goal to beat them in Clemson, South Carolina. 7-5 and five, U team in Miami. They beat a good Louisville team. I'll give them credit there. But as I told Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, when you look at the Power 5, it is not the Power 4. When you look at the Power 5, the four best Power 4 teams in order are Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama, and all four are conference champions. So your argument on leaving Florida State out is what? That they're undefeated? That they're undefeated. That's your argument. That's old school BCS BS. That they're undefeated? The Power Five controls football. It's not the SEC. If it was the SEC controlling everything, Georgia would have been that fourth team. And Alabama three. And Texas would have got jobbed right out of it. But in the Power Five, the four best conferences this year, And the four best teams in order, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. That ends the argument for Florida State. This love affair with Nicole Auerbach, Pete Thamel, the same two who are just submarining Michigan trying to ruin their season. Oh, I'm flabbergasted that a one-loss. No, no, no. Alabama won the SEC. They weren't a one-loss team selected out of nowhere, and they didn't play this weekend. They won the SEC and beat the number one team in the country. Florida State's biggest win is over a top 15 three-loss LSU Brian Kelly coach team. End of story, folks. It is. If Alabama wasn't an SEC champion, they never would have got in over Florida State. But in this Power 5 world that we live in today, the way it's morphing, the way it's changing. The four best conferences this year in college football. This year. Big Ten. You can argue the Pac-12, at least for a while, Southern Cal was a top five team. Arizona, Jed Fish had a great year. Oregon State, Jonathan Smith, they were solid. I'll, I'll, I'll say in order what you see right now in the college football playoff is the power rankings, according to huge Bill Simonson, on the four best conferences this year. And that would be, I'm talking at the top for the Big Ten. Three are in the top ten, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Penn State did announce with no quarterback that they will direct snap it to a soon-to-be-named running back because chances are everybody's going to bolt that game. For the portal or the pros, Clayton Safey, after a weekend in Indy, finds a way to try and recover from the excitement, the great meals, the camaraderie with Ballas Broom and the Wolverine.com team. He is standing by from Ann Arbor. How you doing, Clayton? I'm doing well. Great weekend. And then you're on the way back and you listen to a Lions win on the radio, so it doesn't get much better than that. No, I, I, I said that to start the show today. Uh, this whole... 
it seems like it's been five minutes to do the first two hours and five minutes of the show that you get Michigan overall number one seed, taking care of business. We'll talk about the matchup with Alabama. Lions, awesome to begin. Middle of it was god-awful. And then they found a way to make plays uh, to secure the victory. Things are good right now. And your Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, nobody has it better. <laughs> the old saying from Harbaugh uh, than the Michigan Wolverines right now in their fan base. Yeah, I mean, you win the Big Ten three straight years. Jim Harbaugh is the first ever coach to lead his team to three straight outright Big Ten titles in history. Big Ten's been around for over 125 years, and you know it's quite an accomplishment. Ohio State won four in a row last decade, but it was two from Urban Meyer, two from Ryan Day. So the fact that Michigan's been able to do this and now become one of the four teams in, I mean, there are really good teams, huge, that did not make the college football playoff this year. Georgia was the story of the entire season. Could they win three in a row, uh, national titles in a row, for the first time since Minnesota in the 1930s? That storyline is immediately gone with their loss to Alabama. Florida State's undefeated. You know, So it's an accomplishment to get in. As Jim Harbaugh said yesterday on a teleconference, you're in position to be in position, and all their goals are still in front of them. And really that, you know, they, they got to beat Alabama, which is you know, probably the best program in college football this century, not probably, definitely. Uh, and then you... Uh, you know, and it's also a task you haven't been able to accomplish or execute the last two years. You get to the semifinal, so they don't want this three-year run to be a blip on the radar like maybe Oklahoma had in a three-year run of making it but losing in the semis the whole time. They want to be able to get to that final Monday night in Houston, and really it's an accomplishment in and of itself to have a chance to do that again um, because it's, it's you know, not easy to do with the four team. It'll be easier you know, in the years going forward. That's why I think a lot of Michigan fans, the chatter in this state is they wanted Florida State with a third-string quarterback or maybe second-string in that first semifinal rather than face Alabama. I think there's some home cooking with this fake Florida State disgust. Yes, probably because there's wishful thinking there if you're a Michigan fan or whatever fan really that was going to be able to get the opportunity to potentially play Florida State, um, you know, I still think Florida State has a legit argument and a legit gripe with the college football playoff committee. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, you saw Alabama's name pop up and you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a little bit more of a test than it would have been if it was Florida State. It's a, pretty much a, a coin flip, you know, pick em type of game as to where uh, Florida State would have been Michigan favored probably by more than a touchdown, if not, you know, a couple scores. But that's the way it goes. It's, it's not going to be easy to win these games, and now it's going to be two kind of blue-blood programs in the most iconic stadium or one of the most in the, in the sport. So it's going to be fun. You know, you're going to have to play well. And Alabama, you know, they've shown they have that gear where they can beat the number one team. They just did it against Georgia. They've also struggled and, you know, really had to hang out against Auburn and Arkansas and teams like that. So, um, you know, your opportunity is there, but you're going to have to execute and you're going to have to use this month uh, the best you can to get ready. You know, I love the game plan against Ohio State. Uh, I know Iowa, they probably felt as a staff that we can just control this game start to finish. We don't have to show anything. But I remember that strategy blowing up in their face in the TCU semifinal. Uh, this run, run, pass, predictable offense, everything is a deep out, not taking shots down the center of the field, not utilizing your speed or athletes on offense really concerns me. Yeah, I think it – too, a lot of it starts with the offensive line. I think they need to 
you know, continue to rep that over the next month. Now that Zach Zinter, the right guard, first team All Big Ten, is is out, and now you had Carson Barnhart who did a great job in the Ohio State game, stepping in, sliding down from right tackle to right guard. But I think having some more practices to really do that and have that look um, is going to benefit them. But the offense has, you know, struggled a little bit. They scored on every possession there until the kneel down in the second half against Ohio State. But in the first half, it was scuffling a little bit. The Maryland game, it was scuffling. I don't think J.J. McCarthy's been as healthy as, as he wants to be the last few weeks, particularly Maryland and Iowa. Um, so I think getting him healthy as well over the next month is going to be big. But like you said, I mean, you've got to have your best game plan of the year. you got to treat it like it's Michigan-Ohio State, and you have some wrinkles, some stuff up your sleeve because you're going against an Alabama defense that only allowed Georgia to rush for 78 yards mm. in the SEC championship game. And they got got, obviously, athletes all over the field and a good rush defense good defensive backs. Um, you know, I do think Michigan's defense should be able to hold them in check a little bit, um, you know, but if you let that quarterback run, Jalen Milrow, then you're in for a, a long afternoon as well. So it's going to be a challenge on that side too. And as you know, huge uh, Michigan historically, and a lot of teams in college football, but Michigan historically has struggled with mobile quarterbacks going back years and decades here. So uh, that's something that they got to really prepare for too. They do have Alex Orgy. Uh, to play the scout team role there of Jalen Miller. I think that's one of the biggest benefits they have because he is a freak athlete back there. But it's going to take, you know, the scout team is going to take everybody to to get ready for this matchup. And, and same for Alabama. It's a big challenge to take on Michigan. I think it's going to be on J.J. McCarthy in that passing game. He's got to throw over 300, yeah. have at least uh, two, three TDs for this team to have any chance to advance and beat Alabama. They're not going to run the football. I will say, when you look at Penn State, when you look at Ohio State, when you look at Iowa, now you're throwing the Alabama defense. As much as we want to break down Michigan's offensive woes or play calling, those are four stout defensive units. No, you're right. It's a great point to make because I mean, Penn State, the, the athletes Penn State has in that front seven and mm. really a couple of the guys on the, the back end too, um, you know, they kept them in, in all those games. And, you know, if they had a, a better offense, you know, that Penn State team really had a chance to contend for the Big Ten. And then you look at Ohio State. That's their best defense that I've seen from them in a while. And Iowa obviously does what they do. And they kept everything in front. Michigan's longest run or longest play was that 17-yard run from Donovan Edwards before the half when Iowa probably was sitting back thinking we can allow that. We just don't want to allow anything deep so that Michigan can get a score before the half. And they didn't. You know, they allowed that 17-yarder and then didn't, didn't allow Michigan to score before the half. So, you know, that's a really good Iowa defense that plays fundamentally sound, plays smart and executed their game plan. They just didn't have an offense to back it up, obviously. But you're right. Michigan's played some good defenses, but that's not going to change. So they've got to uh, adjust a little bit and make sure they can put up enough points on the board. Be opportune. You know, maybe you don't get down in the red zone seven times. Maybe you get down there three or four times, but you got to cash in with touchdowns. So it's, uh, you know, we'll have a whole month to break it down, but it's kind of, uh, it's fun to even think about already because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting with that game. And between that and the Washington, Texas game, maybe, uh, couple of the better matchups we've seen in the playoffs because there's been a lot of blowouts throughout the years. Average margin of victory in the semis is 19 points. So I think we're going to get some closer games this time around. Four weeks from now, uh, it will be midway late first quarter uh, at the Rose Bowl, Michigan time, uh, out in Pasadena, uh, California. I love the big boy matchup to start. I love the path they have. I'm glad it's not Florida State and some backup quarterback if you want to be national champion this year and you got to go through Saban 
and then either Texas or Washington who are loaded offensively, then let's go. And that, that's why I love this Alabama matchup on New Year's Day. Around 5 o'clock will be the kick. And if they stay healthy, uh, they have a shot. I, this game smells of similar to the Penn State game. I kind of feel that, even though I worry that their quarterback can run more uh, than what Penn State had. But, you know, Alabama's not blessed this year. If you're going to catch them, and they had the 4th and 31 miracle, they got rolled by Texas uh, at right. home, that they do not have the stellar wide receiver crew and dual running backs that they normally have. They don't. Right. I agree. And usually what sets those elite Alabama or Georgia teams apart or really, you know, just the Southern teams in general is the big athletic freaks at the line of scrimmage. And then, like you said, those skill position players, they're probably lacking compared to, you know, past years in the skill position department. They still have a lot of those big bodies, but maybe not necessarily the names like a Will Anderson or guys like that up front in Michigan, really, especially on the defensive line, probably as strong and deep as it has been in a while. So, you know, maybe that's your opportunity is to kind of be able to hold serve there. And then you don't have those dynamic. You don't have the last time Michigan played Alabama. It was that Mac Jones, you know, uh, Tua was hurt. Mac Jones, you had Jerry Judy, all those guys, um, Devontae Smith on the outside. So you're not going to have that receiving core to deal with, but it's still going to be one of those things where they probably got the better athletes. They got the better recruits. Michigan's a veteran team, though, you know, older, uh, very physical as well. So it's going to be a, a really good matchup, I think. And like you said, I mean, we're only four weeks away, and you're thinking about already, you know, uh, in an hour from now in four weeks, the sun will be setting, and it should be uh, two really nice uh, colors clashing on, uh, on the big stage. Who are you, Keith Jackson, breaking it down on the opening? <laughs> the sun will be setting in Pasadena as we're set for the kickoff. Look at it, I love it. What are those mountains, the San, San Gabriel Mountains or something like that? In the distance of San Gabriel Mountains as Michigan rolls down the Tuttle. The Tuttle? Is it the Tuttle or the, the Tunnel? There you go. The Tunnel. Yeah, it's, I can't <laughs> wait, man. Saban, Harbaugh, you kidding me? Uh, and again, there's been some matchups where I thought with Denard they would have a shot in Dallas. That didn't happen. What's the other matchup? Yeah. Uh, it was, was it down it's at Citrus Bowl. Bowl? Right, Citrus Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Michigan had the lead at half and then got shut out in the second half. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, Alabama really took over. Yeah. Yeah, and the, but like I said, this isn't the same Alabama team. They needed that fourth and 31 against Peyton Thorne and Auburn to escape. You know, they haven't piled up the points, but there are some circle wins. And when people talk about why Alabama got in over Florida State, they beat LSU. Alabama did 42-20, hung 49 on a decent Kentucky team. Had the Iron Bowl, which is a rivalry uh, game. Uh, one at home against number 17, Tennessee, 34-20. One at Texas A&M, 26-20. One at Mississippi State, 40-17. Beat Old Miss at home, 24-10. Holding an offense like that to 10 points. Uh, with Sal- yep. they, they did have a struggle in non-conference against South Florida. And then they lost to Texas in the second game of the year at home, 34-24. So... This is a good team, man. And it's going to be a big game, and I can't wait. Yeah, no doubt. It's exciting. Um, and we'll dive more into Alabama here in the next month, but you're right. I mean, this is, uh, this is a team that, like, I feel like if Alabama sh- shows up with that gear that they showed against Georgia, I mean, Michigan should be a little bit worried. Uh, at the same time, we've seen them struggle a little bit. But Nick Saban, 6-0 and in his last six semifinal games as well, so – 
you got to you got to understand that you know Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. Nick Saban's a great coach, but Nick Saban has you know proven more on this stage, and he's had the better players too. Obviously, more goes into it than just preparing and, and coaching. But um, you know he he learned from you know he was talking about this yesterday. He learned from their first loss in 2014 to Ohio State in the semis to Cardale Jones and that team that ended up winning the national title and have now won every single time and gotten to the national title game each time. So Michigan's going up against the best program in college football this century in the last 15, 20 years. And, um, but Michigan's been one of the best teams the last three. So we'll see if their experience can kind of carry over to this one. And it is a game that takes Michigan to the next level, puts them in with the Georgias and the Alabamas. Cause we watch what Georgia did to them in the first college football playoff in this three-year run. We, we saw last year that Georgia was beatable. Ohio state missed that field goal. Second half, Michigan did what they wanted to with TCU. They just had a god-awful game plan and a god-awful first half with mistakes. And now you get a shot with Alabama, beat them, and you're up there with the best in college football. Clayton Safey uh, for the Wolverine.com. Four weeks of nonstop coverage at the Wolverine.com on Michigan and Alabama in the college football playoff. Also, Michigan hoops, hockey, and more. Clayton, always appreciate your time here on The Huge Show. We'll talk later. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right, back at you, Clayton Safey, checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. We do have our Honolulu Blue Huge Question of the Day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Did Florida State get robbed? You know, I just went through Alabama's schedule. You see all the ranked teams they beat? And they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. Line their schedule up against Florida State. And the quality teams that Alabama beat is why they are in front. And I'm going to hang my hat on the Power Five. They don't have, you don't get five conference champions in. You will next year, more than likely. But four conference champions Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Alabama, more quality wins and beat the number one team in the country. And all Florida State. Fans, coaches, ADs, and the Michigan fan listening right now that wanted Florida State rather than Alabama, all you hang your hat on is that they are undefeated. Look at the full body of work, and it's easy for me to say that Florida State should have been the sixth team in the final poll in Georgia number five. To the callers online, stick around. We'll get to your huge opinions. You want to join us? On the Mercantile Bank listener line, Mercantile Bank is a Michigan-based bank, so your money stays right here in Michigan with great men and women who are part of the Mercantile team. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, top flight! DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and be sure to use the promo code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The Detroit Lions were on the road in the Bayou on Sunday and pulled out a 33-28 victory against the New Orleans Saints, which after a hot start, scoring three times in the first seven minutes and building a 21-0 lead and tying the franchise mark for the most 
points in the opening quarter, the Saints actually rallied the troops after the close of the first, outscoring Detroit 28-12. It was rookie tight end Sam Laporta with a career-high nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown, leading the way for the Lions, who are now 9-3 on the season. Their best start through 12 games since 1962, with the Honolulu Blue were 10-2. 0-4 oh, the record, Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown has passed Pro Football Hall of Famer, former Detroit Lion Calvin Johnson, for the most receiving yards that Lion has had through his first three career seasons. Huge here for Urban U. They are Michigan's favorite med spa locations throughout West Michigan and also on the east side of the state in Northville. And this is for any guy listening right now or lady. If you want the perfect holiday gift for somebody you care about, you need to think about the holiday specials happening at theurbanu.com. That's theurbanu.com. And for the holidays, Urban U is offering holiday tiers until December 30th through the end of the year. Purchasing a holiday tier is the perfect way to treat yourself or that person in your life that you care about or your family. And you get your holiday gift shopping done quick at theurbanu.com. And what are holiday tiers? Holiday tiers are the best way to get rewarded big time for investing in your health, wellness, and beauty services. Simple and easy. If you want to take care of everything for the holidays, go to theurbanu.com. Imagine this. A day filled with indulgence, bursting with excitement, with extraordinary moments that build memories to last a lifetime. The day that is unmistakably yours. At the place that is undeniably spectacular. Whether you're winning big, dining lavishly, or relaxing oh so comfortably, it's your getaway reimagined. At Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. What a weekend. Michigan, the overall number one seed. Big Ten champions again in football. Lions go to nine and three. Goff got it done to Laporta at the end. Defense made some plays. It is sobering to watch the Niners when healthy. By far, the best team in the NFL. I, to me, if I was just handicapping the NFC right now, I'd go Niners, Eagles, Lions, Cowboys. I guess they'll decide it when the Lions play at the Cowboys on December 30th. That's your four. The elite, elite two, and I think the Cowboys and Lions, we'll see when the Lions go to Dallas. That will kind of tell me if they can make a playoff run on the road. If they can go beat the Cowboys, because the Cowboys now are looking at the Eagles 
And the Eagles, after getting just manhandled at home by the Niners, Niners are smelling home field advantage. That's the way they played yesterday. They want that. They know how important it is just to have two games to get to the Super Bowl and be that one seed. But it is the NFL. It can change week to week. Speaking of the NFL, Jerry Reisman, pride of Detroit Lions, NFL insider. He is standing by on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. Uh, Lions yesterday took us for another crazy ride. This team has not been perfect the last four weeks, but they found a way to win three out of four games. I do, from the comments from Campbell today and after the game, I, I sense, not doubt, but can this team get back to the level they were playing earlier in the year? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I Like you said just, just now, you know, it's kind of a week-to-week league sometimes. Um, you know, you can turn things around in a hurry. Sometimes you can look like a, a really bad team after looking like one of the best in the previous weeks. But, I, you know, it, it's fair to say that the Lions, at least on the defensive side of the ball, have been on a, a downward trajectory for a couple weeks going now. I do think they bounced back a little bit against the Saints. Um, obviously, that first half was actually really, really good. Um, but a lot of that goodwill goes away when uh, you let the Saints back into that game. And so um, I, I don't sense any sort of panic in Detroit. I, I, I certainly think they think they're going to get the, the ship righted. And I think with the offense typically playing as good as it does, you know, regularly scoring 30 points, um, you have to imagine they're going to continue to at least be in a game in each game week to week. And And I know, you know, when you're talking playoffs, when you're talking about potential, you know, home field advantage in the playoffs and things like that, you want more than just being able to be in a game. You want to blow out some of these teams that probably aren't going to be playoff teams. But um, in the end, this, this team is nine and three and that they're taking care of business in the end. And so it's hard to feel too bad about that. Yeah. Nine and three. If the playoffs are starting this weekend, Eagles would still have the overall number one seed. Packers, the seven seed would be at the Niners. Vikings would be at the Lions. And Cowboys at the Falcons at Eagles-Cowboys game will be interesting coming up this weekend. And thing I really liked yesterday about the Lions, you could tell they had fresh legs. That was the big visual from the Packers' Thanksgiving Day game. And Irvin and just some pressure beyond Hutchinson trying to fight through a double team. Uh, that stood out to me. And I look at golf, made some top-shelf penthouse NFL QB throws to not let the Saints get back in at the end. Yeah, no, and that's kind of been a running theme this year. I was just kind of thinking about it this today. Um, you know, when this team needs to put the, the game away, the offense has done a really good job doing that, of, of keeping the ball out of the, the other team's hands, whether it was, you know, that Chargers game where they go for it on fourth down and, and, and don't let Justin Herbert back on the field. Um, whether it was, you know, you go back to week four against Green Bay, it, was kind of, it kind of played out like the Saints game where you jump out to a big lead that the Packers came back and, and, and almost threatened to win that game. And then the Lions offense went on like a six-minute drive in that game. And so then you go to this Sunday, um, you know, it, there's there's what four minutes left when they they get the ball left and they convert a couple big third downs on offense. Um, Dan Campbell had the opportunity to run 40 seconds off the clock, could have given the ball back to the Saints with a minute left, and instead dialed up a a pass play, a little bit of a risk play. But I, I think he knew at that time he trusted his offense a little bit more than his defense, and the offense 
you know, lived up to the billing there. And so that is something they've been able to do consistently. And I think it's probably a big reason why this team is nine and three. Jeremy Reisman, proud of Detroit, talking Lions NFL here on the Huge Show across Michigan. JMO, and I, I DVR'd that game and I went back and watched how three Saints had the angle on him coming forward and he hit a gear. <laughs> he had a gear that only Tyreek. Tyreek Hill has in the NFL right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what they clock him in at 20, 20 something miles per hour uh, <laughs> running according to next gen stats, which is just kind of insane to think about from a, from a human being perspective. But yeah, I mean, that's every week he, he seems to be flashing more and more. And, and I know some Lions fans are probably frustrated at this point. Then he only had two touches in that game, but um, if he's going to turn, you know, half of them into touchdowns, it's hard to be, uh, too upset about that, but yeah, I think you know whether it's in the run game, whether it's some of these crossing routes, the deep shots. Um, he, he's someone that defenses are going to have to account for whether the ball's coming his way or not. And so, even that alone, I think, is a, is a pretty significant weapon to, to open up other players, like say Sam Laporta, uh, to, to you know have space up open over the middle of the field. Um, and yeah, that's just having a guy that that can be that big of a threat. Is, uh, is, is such a huge weapon to someone like Ben Johnson. I know they're battling injury problems uh, up front. It seems that's been a common theme uh, the entire season. But I do wonder, uh, can, Goff, can Goff get the ball deep enough to J-Mo to utilize him as the weapon he could be? I, that, that's still a part of me where I'm not sure. And part of it is, you know Goff, when he's under pressure, he, he's a bailout, check down guy. Sure. And and we'll wait and see on the Ragnow injury, which, by the way, what is the latest? What are you hearing on Ragnow? Yeah, um, we, we heard from Dan today, and, he, you know, it sounded like they were concerned initially that it was going to be kind of a long-term serious injury. And, and since then, it sounds like they've gotten mostly good news. But but Dan did say at his press conference today that that doesn't mean that he's going to play this week. And, and if he's saying something like that this early in the week, I would imagine that, that Frank is probably going to miss a game or two. But it sounds like this isn't a long-term thing. It, it doesn't sound like this is something where you can expect him to be out for the rest of the year, go on IR, things like that. But I would assume he probably misses a game or two um, based on, on what I'm hearing. And so, um, yeah, that, that'll be a challenge to, to protection a little bit. Um, obviously, Graham Glasgow has filled in very well at center, but I think the problem then is who fills in for Glasgow at right guard. And Colby Thorsell's kind of struggled in that a little bit. Um, their other options haven't been very good either, but to get it back to JMO, yeah, I think I think it's a fair question to ask about whether he can have that kind of deep ball chemistry with, with Jared Goff because we just haven't seen it consistently yet, right? Um, I think they've been trying to work in some of the little shorter stuff because they haven't just been on the same page that. And, and listen, throwing a deep ball to someone who can run 20, 21, 22 miles per hour can't be an easy thing. And it's something that probably takes a lot of uh, adjustment too, but it's also not exactly Jared Goff's biggest strength either. He's more of a kind of medium range accuracy guy than, than a deep ball. So um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if that ever kind of develops that chemistry. Cause it has been a little bit now, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's warranted skepticism there. You mentioned that right now could miss a couple of games. It's not as bad as first feared. You're looking at the schedule. You're looking at the reality of positioning right now in the NFC that the Eagles are Niners, unless there's a collapse, one of those two are one and the other one's two. Lions just want to maintain that three so they avoid the Cowboys or Eagles. Whoever comes in as that wild card out of the NFC East. And I think you have, when you look at the Bears, it, even the Broncos, decent defense. 
uh, for yep. the Broncos, had a shot to beat the Texans, but lost. Uh, those are winnable games uh, from Sunday to six days later on that flex Saturday night game. You still get Minnesota at home to end the regular season. You go to the Vikings, who are struggling at quarterback, and obviously the big one at the Cowboys. As I said in my opening huge opinion today, Jeremy, I find it hard to believe this team could do any worse than 12-5 and five to finish. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly hope so. Um, and, and that would be, you know, plenty, I would say, to... In fact, I think 12 wins pretty much clinches uh, the NFC North, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because um, the best the, the, the best the Packers and the Vikings can be is 11-6 and six, um, where they're at right now. So if they can get to 12-5, 12 and five, that's, that's ideal. That's, you know, going three and two down the stretch. Um, but you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee all of that, right. You know, they struggled with the bears at home. So I don't think this week is by any means a gimme. And, and you mentioned that the Broncos are pretty, they're playing good football right now, regardless of whether they lost this week or not. And those Vikings games feel like toss up games as well. And then there's the big bad Dallas Cowboys waiting in, uh, in Arlington, uh, later in the month. So, um, you know, the, I, I wouldn't say all these are 50, 50 games, but I think the lines are going to have to play better than maybe they are right now to get to that three and two mark. Um, of course, at the same time, are the Packers going to win out? Are the Vikings going to win out? Seems unlikely. Um, although the Packers do have a very favorable schedule ahead and coming off a, a big emotional win against the chiefs, you never really know. Um, but you know, truth be told, like they're in a really good position right now. I think it's, it's important to kind of reiterate that. Um, it seems like, I'm with you. I think I think the Lions are barreling towards that three seed. I don't think they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to drop a seed to the NFC South winner, in particularly because they have the the, uh, the tiebreakers overall. And they, they swept the NFC South this year. Um, so as long as they they don't have a, a a big collapse here, you know, a one and four finish, or you know, I, I think they probably still win the division if it's a two and three finish. Um, I think I think they're going to win their first division in 30 years. By the way, uh, the Twitter talk that Bobby LaFleur, one of the refs who may be related to Matt LaFleur, not calling that pass interference late in the game. Uh, That was a gift. And the Packers schedule is winnable uh, to win out, but the Lions are three up in the loss column right now in the Packers and the Vikings. And that's pretty cool sitting at nine and three. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit. Follow them on Twitter, online, Facebook, and more. Lions NFL insider always. Uh, delivers great opinions. My man, thank you so much. I think, did we lose him? I think we lost him. Hey, you might want to check that, bro. That's uh, two or three times in the last week when I say goodbye, there's that squiggly sound, and it's happened. You might want to check our phone system. All right, that's been three times in the last week, and I'm not having any more of it. Okay? You got me looking at me, right? Me and you. Right here, we here. Right here. Right here by the mic. We good? Okay. Jeremy, I love his opinions. All right. You have the NFL action with the Lions and the Bears on Sunday. We have the college football playoff numbers are already posted on the DraftKings Sportsbook app big board. You have Big Ten basketball that started. Wings are playing great hockey. And also the Pistons and the NBA. Uh, almost on a nightly basis, you can get in on the hoops action in the DraftKings Sportsbook has a huge offer for new customers. If you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code HUGE when you sign up. You can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on the Pistons or any NBA game. Win or lose, you'll get 
that instant 150 in bonus bets. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable with 24-hour 7 support. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want to. No hassles. Simple and easy. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code HUGE when you sign up. And new customers can get that 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on the Pistons or any NBA game. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with code HUGE. The crown is yours. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Michigan. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. We do have one final segment straight ahead. Matt, and also Joe. Joe and St. Joe, and Matt and G are listening on 96.1. The game, your huge opinions are next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hi, I'm Casey. I don't just work at Meyer. I shop there. Get a $10 coupon like I just did when you spend $100 or more this week in-store. Print it at checkout. Start redeeming next week. And get a Meyer Spiral Sliced Ham for 89 cents per pound with M-Perks. Discount automatically applied when you enter your M-Perks ID limit one. And save even more with M-Perks with a dollar off per gallon of gas. Get the same low prices in-store and online. For big deals and great quality, shop Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Huge here for my friends from Coppercraft Distillery. Now they're a Michigan-based company, and they have a message for anybody 21 and up. You're going to want to get hooked up with this Honolulu Blue, a premium can cocktail. Vodka, blue raspberry lemonade. This special limited edition can cocktail is available at local stores, pubs, and restaurants. And when you're cheering on our favorite pro football team, TDs, tailgates, and more, make sure you grab a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. Get your groove on. Everybody get up. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino. Robin Thick. Same show, same night. Montel Jordan. Tickets start at $53. On sale now at the box office and etix.com. Party hard. Slide into smooth. Robin Thick and Montel Jordan. Friday, December 15th at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Back live across Michigan on a Moneyline Monday, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. A couple callers have hung around, want to get their thoughts before we're done. Let's go to Matt in Grand Rapids, listening to 96 1 The Game. You're on the Huge Show. Hey, how you doing, Huge? Hey, Matty. Hey, congrats to your boy. Uh, heck of a season. Uh, look forward to watching him next year. And then I just wanted to ask you if you're Brad Holmes. 
how do you not pick the phone up and call J.J. Watt and just ask him how much just to come back for the rest of this year in the playoff run? I mean, people forget that he played college ball at Central. He's a Midwest guy. He's hinted a couple times in media recently to how many Lions fans have been, you know, uh, giving him the suggestion on social media. Have you heard anything like that? And if... I mean, if you're not going to call him, there's no sense in calling anyone else. I don't think anyone else would be worth it. But he had 12 and a half sacks for an Arizona team last year. I mean, you take away Hutchinson, I don't think we have 12 sacks as an entire team. So I'll listen off there. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Now, a great idea if you could score J.J. Watt. That would be unbelievable. And if he was going to come back and play, it would be for somebody where he could win. And he does have those Midwest roots. Quickly, let's go to Joe in St. Joe, Michigan. I got about 30 seconds. What's on your mind, Joey? Uh, hey, Hugh, Joe. I totally agree with everything you said about they're going to pick Alabama over Florida State. It's a no-brainer. They've been the most dominant program, since, come on, in the last 20 years. They're going to put, put an SEC team in there. Bottom line, so that's number one. Number two, uh, I was in the same section as you last week, and we you had that blind that was puking. Well, this <laughs> last this, uh, Saturday night, I went to the game, and guess who was in my section? Connor Stallions. Oh my so if God. you were right by Connor Stallions, what would you say? Oh, I don't know. You know what? I, and, buddy, I got a roll for a network break. I'll comment on that tomorrow at 3. Big. Bad. Huge.